You're listening to Jack Barksdale's Roots Revival. So, ladies and gentlemen, Jack Barksdale. Hey, everybody. It's Jack Barksdale here. Welcome to another episode of Jack Barksdale's Roots Revival. I'm here with Jeff Plankenhorn. I'm super excited to get to talk about my new song that will be coming out when when we release this episode today. I'm super excited. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, agreeing to do this. I'm so glad to be here, Jack. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I didn't get to see you in person a whole lot during the pandemic, but we got to write a couple times and we ended up writing a song called Sideways, which again, I'm, I'm releasing the day we're releasing this podcast episode. Yeah, so we got to do a couple of Zoom co-writes, stuff like that. But recently, you've been coming back through Texas every now and then, when you get the chance. The last time I saw you was about a month or two ago. We walked in on your live stream at in Gabe Rhodes' <laughs> living room. Yeah, and so you've been touring uh, through Texas. I believe you did another tour after that where you uh, went on, like, a you played with Carolyn Wonderland and did some stuff with Carolyn Wonderland and like Ray Wiley Hubbard and uh, yeah, I did some openers for Carolyn, uh, who's got an incredible new record out, and she's just she's just smoking right now. And like I had come back to Texas, and then all of a sudden her management asked if I would do a couple openers, mm-hmm. and I literally had to fly because my wife and I are of two countries. For those who don't know, you know, my wife's Canadian, yeah. and we live on Vancouver Island part of the time, and we live in Austin, Texas part of the time. Well, during the pandemic, during lockdowns, we've just stayed in Canada. Mm-hmm. And it's real quiet here and, and it's real safe. And, and uh, you know, it was, re- it was a really, really good place if we were going to be locked down. Mm-hmm. So then I, I just, man, for those Carolyn gigs, I just literally went home to Canada for a week and then flew back because I just really, really wanted to do them. I knew they'd be, they were mm-hmm. both at great theaters in Houston and in, yeah. and in Dallas. It was so worth it, and it was so much fun. And Carolyn got me up for a couple of songs at the end of the night. We sang a Dylan tune together, mm-hmm. you know, like kind of duet style. And then we did a really, really rocking tune she loves to play at the end of the night. Uh-huh. Those those couldn't have been better, to tell mm-hmm. you the truth. They were, they were just fantastic. Um, but, yeah, you saw me. I was staying at, at Gabe's because he's got, you know, this incredible studio, and I've done a bunch of recording. You and I were talking before the show. Uh-huh. about how I've recorded a bunch of stuff on piano and he's got a great piano there. And so mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if it's just like I'm trying to channel my inner Leon Russell or <laughs> what it is, mm-hmm. but there's something inside me that wants to get out. And, and, and I've been spending some time working on that too. Mm-hmm. So, and, and playing up here in Canada on Vancouver Island, some gigs here yeah. and there um, that I'm really enjoying. I'm trying out a new band up here of a bunch of Canadians. Oh, and, awesome. uh, yeah, it's been really cool because you you know, whenever you play your songs with different people, they bring different things out. Oh yeah, of it. definitely. And I dig that. I mm-hmm. love the uh, the idea of trying songs with different people. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what's going on, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Now speaking of the live streams, you've been doing a a lot of a uh, lot of stuff like that, and a lot of stuff for your Patreon. You do a lot of stuff on Patreon, so if anyone's listening and wants to hear, you know, some exclusive Jeff Plankenhorn demos and uh, cool stuff like that, Jeff Plankenhorn on Patreon, go donate. 
And uh, I got, well, yeah, I got to tell you, man, I'm glad you mentioned that because it's one of my favorite things I'm doing right now. And uh, I'm moving a lot of those live streams over to Patreon because it's a uh-huh. place where basically there's no middleman between me and the fans yeah. and friends and family. It's just like they subscribe, they get access to so much stuff. And there's mm-hmm. a really, really, really cool cover that I think you in particular are going to dig um, coming out on the first. Something oh, that's awesome. just when when are we going to air this episode? Uh, December 3rd. Or December fourth, okay. maybe. Okay, so Around it should there. be out. It should be out by then. So oh, I'm gonna awesome. go ahead and tell you, it's a, uh, it's a really wild sort of Jimi Hendrix treatment of a Taylor Swift song. <laughs> That's crazy. That's I awesome. I found I found this song of hers that I absolutely love, and she's kind of in the public eye right now, and and uh, uh, more than usual with what she's been doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we took this song of hers, and I just made it a big, rousing, you know, Hendrix power ballad kind of thing. It's that's really crazy. Fun. Well, yeah. Did you so say that that's out coming the out first. the first? Yeah. And so this will be out on the third. So uh, definitely go Perfect. listen to that. Will it be coming out just on Patreon or on Spotify and stuff like that? Patreon's uh, first. We're okay. going to put it out for at least a month and a half on Patreon only. Mm-hmm. And people will get exclusive, like, a, how did you do it? Who'd you record with? Blah, blah, oh, blah. Oh, wow, yeah, that's Producer awesome. Lang Freeman. Producer Lang Freeman is the uh, the guy who I, I did it with. Um, uh, it was one of those things, too, where I played most of the instruments. Um, pretty much everything except for bass, uh, yeah. uh, which I normally play, but he put a beautiful bass on it. I played piano and harp and, and strat guitar and sang and big choruses mm-hmm. and... And uh, it's it's pretty fun. So we'll look forward to that, too. But I want to hear more about our song. Oh, yeah. So let's go there. Yeah. So kind of the, the first, kind of want to talk to you about how we developed the song when we started sure. writing it. Just to see if I, if how I remember. If your recollection. I, yeah, if my yeah. recollection is correct. <laughs> and, uh, and so we started off with, we were just kind of talking about Tom Waits, our shared yep. affinity for Tom Waits. We ended up talking about the song Down, Down, Down. And we took the, the beat of Down, Down, Down and uh, turned it into a whole different thing. Because that beat, you don't hear that surprisingly too often. It's very straightforward, not a lot of anything. It's very bluesy. Like, yep. It's uh, like real. Yeah, it's real. Propels forward. Yeah, it's it's really you know, it's really cool. Drive and beat. It's a real drive and beat. And 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 I, one thing I do when I've I'm, I'm with a songwriter is um, and I'm doing the co-writing thing is I say, what kind of song do you wish you had, you know, or what kind of song do you not have, or what do yeah. you wish was in your set list right now, or let's pull something out of the ether that's like not there already. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of how we got around like, well, I want something driving and I've been listening to a lot of Tom Waits and, yeah. oh, I love Tom Waits. And what yeah. about, I always, I said, I always love the beat to that song, you know? Yeah. How, so I remember you telling me that, you know, a lot of the times when you think of a line, someone isn't quite convinced, you'll say, oh, it sounds like some Tom Waits would say. Oh yeah, that worked. It works out perfectly. I yeah. was writing with, I was writing with Gabriel Rhodes and we had written the line, picking up nickels, or I had written the line, picking up nickels in a hurricane. And, and I was like, and he's like, what is that? Like, why is he picking up, why is he 
picking up nickels? Why is he picking up cans? And I was like, well, I said, picking up nickels in a hurricane would be really, really hard, right? And he said, yeah, but I don't, I don't get it. And I was like, well, it just sounds like something Tom Waits would say. And then he was like, oh, okay. Then we're good. Yeah. You know, and so now I use that whenever I'm writing with somebody. I mean, if it fits. Yeah. It's like, I'll, I'll be like, if oh, I'm just true. looking for something. Yeah. I, yeah. And I'll use it with other people, too. I'll say, like, oh, it just sounds like something Levon Helm would say. Then everybody's like, <laughs> okay, then we got to put it in. Yeah. You know, I don't put it on like I would say it. Yeah, you know. but does Tom Waits' writing or his style influence your music? Sure. Like, how much does it influence your music? I would say it's kind of seeped in there more so than a lot of, like... I mean, I'm definitely a, a, a child of the 70s. Mm -hmm. So the things that happened in the 60s that were really, really huge kind of jumped into me. Mm -hmm. You know, through my brother being five years older, and I was always John's little brother who played guitar, too. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I was like, ah, man. And so Hendrix and the Beatles were huge, right? Uh -huh. But as I started developing my own style and like going out and finding my own music, Tom Waits yeah. was one that I found where I was like, these songs, whether it was the early period and it was like really musical and had like jazz and had sort of a torch thing to it, uh -huh. or it was later when he got into the avant garde stuff, um, the actual writing was always like picturesque to me. Oh, like, yeah. I'll never forget, there's a song where he says, why don't you meet me by the knuckles of the skinny bone tree? <laughs> wow. I mean, come on. Like, what is that? But you can see it in your mind. You see the knuckles of the tree down on the ground. Mm -hmm. And you see it's like a skinny kind of tree that's kind of creepy looking in your head. Yeah. And then you say, meet me by the knuckles of the skinny bone tree. It's like, man, what a, what an image. Like, I... Do I, maybe I want to go there. Maybe I don't. Maybe it's creepy. Yeah, those yeah. are the things I love. And even um, on like his his musicals that he did, that he uh, yeah. released the albums for, like the song like Alice. Oh yeah, yeah, Big Time. And like for for Alice, the song Alice is beautiful, and I love what he says when he says uh, the lines on the ice spell Alice. Yeah. It's yeah. like someone yeah. skated and wrote the name Alice. And then he says, and I'd have to be insane to go skating on your name. And after tracing it twice, I fell through the ice of Alice. That's a crazy line. Yeah, I mean, everything about that. And it's so beautiful. That, yeah, it's, it's cascading, cascading in and out of itself. Yeah. You know, like with a storyline and like, you know, you could put yourself into it, but you can't put yourself too much into it because... I, I don't know what he was thinking when he wrote that, and I yeah. have to put myself in. Uh -huh. And so, I, you know, I look at that as like, wow, that's that's the heavy, you know? That's, uh -huh, yeah. that's just great songwriting. And, and, and also, like Dylan, I think Tom Waits is very able to uh, say something that might not mean anything. Mm -hmm. It might just evoke an image that gets people thinking, which I yeah. think you and I had a little bit of when we were working on Sideways. And because we were talking about that too, I remember when we got around to the bridge, mm -hmm. I was like, you know, you're Fort Worth. I grew up in Ohio. You probably have way more sayings. I was looking for a saying that was, you know, the difficulty of our character in the song. Uh -huh. And I said, what's like an old phrase that he, and you said, you said something about, it wasn't yeah. exactly word for word, but it was about molasses, slower than molasses in the dead of wintertime. Yeah, so you know? uh, my... Uh, I said, that's it! 
Yeah, Jackpot. my my mom's dad always tells me all these little sayings that our dad used to say, and that was one of them. Slower than the molasses in the dead of winter, and we yeah. added you know time at the end of it to uh, make it rhyme and make it rhyme and a little yeah. more poetic. And I yeah. also remember I thought of the line because the song is kind of uh, your life spinning out of control, exactly. uh, you know, kind of staying sideways, getting sideways, and you know, staying there, can't really correct yourself for some reason. So I thought of the line, uh, you know when you, you like drop a tin can and it starts rolling? And it yep. just, and it tin just, can rolling. Yeah, and so I, I thought, you know, if a tin can, you drop a tin can on the hill, it just keeps rolling. And yeah, like, uh, I just thought, especially after you said something Tom Waits would say, yes. uh, it definitely encouraged me to go a little more wacky. Yeah, and, uh... yeah, but I'm telling you, you know, what's really great and what I've seen, what makes me so happy and proud about this song is, um, shortly after, you know, we'd co-written a couple other songs before, and, and I think we've done some good stuff. We did that one for uh, The Old Quarter, which was great. Oh, we yeah. just kind of did it on a whim. And then, of course, we did I May Not Know, which was a little bit more introspective, and, mm -hmm. I, you know, you and I kind of both wanted it something yeah. where... I'd love to release that as a single or something. I need to... exactly sometime. Yeah, because yeah. it's. Uh, I think the eyes of the young and the eyes of the old can look through that song and get a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, me being the old and you being the young. And and uh, but then when we got um, into sideways, it was just like uh, you know you could say something that. Um, oh, well, here's what I was gonna say is uh, I was so proud because. I started getting all of these tagged videos where you were playing the song. And it was like, oh, and I'd wow. gotten those before on other songs, but I started getting them like a lot. And I was like, I told my wife, I said, baby, I think Jack's playing this song a lot. Yeah. And she said, really? And I was like, yeah, I think he's playing it every night. Basically. And, uh, and she said, man, that's great. And I was like, yeah, I feel really, really good about it. I feel like it's a song that obviously has connected with Jack's audience, not just with you and me as writers. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's the jackpot, right? Yeah, you know, and it's... We write and, a good song and Yeah, and definitely lucky, in, a, in a set list. It's a very good song because I've got a lot of, you know, like slow... I tend to take a lot of inspiration from people like, you know, Towns Van Zandt and, you know, stuff like that. So it's real slow and kind of kind of morbid. <laughs> yeah, well, um, and even he had to break up the set a little bit. Which was another thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, we were like trying to find stuff, blues, stuff like that. Yeah, but, right. But, uh, but sideways is a great song because it's got a really cool story and like a really cool texture and it's very visual. But it's mm. also just a fun song. Yeah, which is okay. Yeah, you know we definitely. can write. I mean, what is it? Uh, Town said he said there's two kinds of music. There's blues and zippity doo dah. Yeah. And you know what? Zippity doo dah has a place. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I mean, you know, it has a place to like lift people up a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, and then you can bring them back down for the heavy and mm -hmm. get them thinking and stuff like that. But we got yeah. to throw some lines in there too that definitely get people thinking. Oh, yeah. So, one thing I'm kind of curious about is when I'm writing a song, especially when I start co writing a song, I kind of have trajectory for the song that I'm thinking of. That often, you know, just turns a full 180. It goes uh, elsewhere. Yeah, it goes 
much different. Sideways was kind of one of those songs. I didn't know quite where it was going, but I, I really liked how it turned out. What was your original vision for the song when we started with, you know, the idea of Sideways? Well, I mean, my, my idea was, again, like, you're an old soul, um, in, in my opinion. I hope it's okay for me to say that, but yeah. it seems like it. You have an old soul in a young man's, you know, uh, uh, whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I knew we would get that way. Yeah. Um, but I prefer when I'm writing with you, it's like, you know, uh, your songs are already... Um, whether you're written with me or written with other people or wrote them by yourself, they're uh, relatable by people of many ages. Mm-hmm. So I knew I wanted that. I also, like I said, I love coming to somebody who and saying, well, what do you need? Like, mm-hmm. why don't we just try and think outside of the box and, yeah. and go, well, what I really wish I had in a set? I recently wrote a song with um, Pat Byrne, the Irishman mm-hmm. who moved to uh, to Austin. Mm-hmm. And I said, what do you need? And he said the same thing most of us say, which is, well, I need something up-tempo because all my songs are sad. Yeah. You know, and it's like, well, of course, because usually when you're happy, you don't want to sit down and write a song about it. Yeah. You know, and I said, you know, since you're an Irishman, I was like, are, are you a fan of Shakespeare? And he said, yeah. And I said, you know, I've always loved the story of Othello. And I said, but I've I've got this song that kind of sounds like, like the band, because he said, I wish I had a song that sounded like Levon Helm. That's why I was mm-hmm. thinking of it earlier when we were talking. Yeah. And I said, really? And he's like, yeah, anything that comes out of his mouth, I like. Anything that's ever been recorded by him, I dig. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I said, I've got something that's kind of started like that. And all I had really was, uh, let's see, what key is it in? And it's like, oh, no, Othello, Desdemona didn't do you no harm. You know, and uh, yeah. because I always sympathize with the story, which is basically a jealous man who makes a mm-hmm. mistake. Yeah. So I said, well, then we're going to write it with the beat to like an old old song by the band. And so we wrote this story song. We ended up finishing it with Gabe, Gabe Rhodes. Mm-hmm. And I look forward to him playing that out. But point being... Why not look for something that's kind of missing, something that you are wanting to say, that you're wanting to get out? Mm-hmm. That's part of the joy of co-writing for me is like trying to find where somebody's out and say, what are you trying to say right now that you haven't gotten out yet? Uh-huh, yeah. I enjoy that quite a bit. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of what I really, really wanted for you is like, what kind of song do I not have and how can I get to one of those? Yeah, definitely. That's the idea anyway. I think we did it. Yeah, yeah, I really like it. Uh, yeah, I think too. it. I think it turned out really cool, and I'm really excited. I got to release it on this album that I'm doing, and it's the first single because I thought it'd just be a great way to start it all off. Yeah, it's it's a cool one. Kind of speaking of new songs, do you have have you been writing much lately? You know, constantly. I never constantly. stop. It's yeah. You know, I've I've really gotten in this really good place, Jack, where. You know, when I first started songwriting on my own, for those who don't know, my solo career is not that old. I've always been a side person. Mm-hmm. And I only recently, like, I don't know, maybe six years ago, said, okay, I'm going to do this full time as Jeff Plankenhorn. Mm-hmm. And I was really, really, really daunted at first. And I thought I needed to co-write. And I thought I needed to, you know, get in with these great songwriters and put a few covers on my albums. And that's great. 
and that's fine, and that's dandy. But the songs that ended up getting played on the radio were the ones that I wrote. Mm-hmm. And I looked back after a while and said, now, that's not saying that I didn't get help. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. Because when you're in production and you get little bits and pieces, you know, Scrappy Judd Newcomb helping me like crazy mm-hmm. on in the studio, people like Gabriel Rhodes, it's not saying that. But it did give me the confidence um, to write on my own and to continue to co-write with people and kind of look for this space where like I'm not desperate for tunes. I'm just always writing Mm -hmm. and and now jack it's so great because people call me when they're stuck Mm -hmm. you know how cool that feels like i feel so cool i know you're a great uh like when you're stuck you bring out the best in people i feel like when when you're writing so flattering because you really do that you take the other people's experiences and you know you you form this idea that you can both relate to and that is very a very lucrative idea mm. for both of you and it makes for a pretty cool song so i end up just feeling open and thank you for saying that so when people call me i'm like yeah i can't wait mm-hmm. you know and and they call me and i get excited and i don't necessarily have to have the song for myself we can write it because we just want to write a great song we can write it because they really really need a song we can write it because hey maybe i'll play this too Mm-hmm. Or we could just kind of throw it out to the gods, you know, mm-hmm. as Ray Wiley says. It's just yeah. like you just throw it out there and see what happens and who knows what's going to happen with the song. Mm-hmm. And um, so I am always writing something. And uh, and I'm always kind of like, uh, it's just in, the, it really, really started in the pandemic when in the lockdowns because people would call me and want to Zoom write. Yeah. And it became and, so much more accessible. Yeah, and there was something weird about Zoom writing that was also some, in some ways better than writing in person because it was like I was in my comfy space and mm-hmm. you were in your comfy space and I could write over here on a notepad if I wanted to and you could write on a you you write on a notepad but I write on a on a keyboard and my keyboard's here and ready to go and my guitars are ready and your guitars are ready and like I remember writing with um here's another great name drop I'm writing a song with David Grissom and he would be playing and saying something and I just was his scribe you know I was just like no 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 keep that he's like okay and then he'd play and he'd sing again and I'd be like no 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 keep that you know and we would just hone little things so whatever the other person wasn't doing I would do Mm-hmm. They were having trouble with melody. I'd start tinkering around on an instrument. They were having uh-huh. trouble with words. I would go there, you know. Yeah. And uh, I just find it really. Um... I'll, I'll tell you one more story uh, with with a great name drop. I was writing with Gary Nicholson, mm-hmm. and who I've written a couple of times with. Uh, one ended up on an album, and I also cut one of his songs on my EP, Shadow of Doubt, on one of my EPs. And I was writing and I said, you know, songwriting is so hard for me. And, and sometimes it just really, really gets to me. And sometimes, and he just stopped me and he goes, Jeff, I wouldn't do this if I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. And I just like, it's, it snapped something in me that said, somewhere along the line, I thought it had to be torturous and it doesn't. Yeah. I just woke up in that moment and said, I'm going to try to just love writing. And ever since then, it's changed. It's 
been yeah. years now since that happened. Now you're a songwriter. Well, at least I... If, if all you have to say is, I write songs, and that means I'm a songwriter, then yes, I'm yes. a songwriter. I have no illusions of grandeur, uh -huh. and uh, don't put myself next to anybody. Um, I just put my songs out there and hope people dig them and, and write yeah. with great people like you. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of times when you're struggling with the songwriting, when you're better at other aspects of things, you kind of focus on the aspects that you're better at. But I really just love that, you're just how you keep working at it until it gets to where you like it, no matter how hard you have to work on it. And uh, it's really inspiring. Yeah, it's really cool. Thanks, man. It's a craft. Again, the people I looked up to, you know, whether it's Ruthie Foster or it's Ray Wiley or it's whoever it is, whatever they did, they saw it as a craft. They saw mm -hmm. it as like, you know, I mean, I might as well be a shoemaker. I might as well know the parts of a shoe and like put a shoe together and then like, here's your shoe, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, that's the way I like to look at songwriting. It's mm -hmm. like, there's yeah. all these different parts and you know how to do it and you can make a shoe a thousand different ways. And <laughs> I like all of them, as long as it's a cool shoe. <laughs> I've taken the analogy a little too far, I think, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, I, I do. Kind of speaking of uh, your influences, I know one of the, the big ones is, you know, like Stevie Wonder and... Uh, Huge. Yeah, yeah. just a, a lot of... A lot of really cool, a lot of really cool people that kind of shaped, kind of formed your sounds when you were starting out. But who are some artists that you've been listening to lately? Whether it's uh, you know uh, contemporary or uh, you know, older or uh, sure that just you found showing up in your music or that you've just really taken a lot of inspiration from. You know, I'm glad you asked because I go through. Um, you know, hanging out with other musicians and talking to other musicians and going and seeing musicians whenever I can, which is rare these days because I'm working so much, is hugely influential on me. Mm -hmm. um, it's a huge thing. I missed the boat on this incredible band from Austin. I didn't completely miss it because they're still around and they're still doing stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. But they're called the Greyhounds. Or Greyhounds. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And their no-nonsense approach to songwriting and playing their instruments and singing, their ability to weave in soul into their music mm -hmm. has become a really large influence on me. And I went on a deep dive about three or four months ago, and I just started playing. Like, I would walk to work, I'd listen to Greyhounds in mm -hmm. my earbuds. I would walk back home, I would listen to Greyhounds. I would, I would be here and I'd say, well, I don't know how to play this on keyboard. I can't do it like him, but maybe I'll learn it on guitar, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and I'm kind of, uh, you know, before... Uh, because everybody's watching Get Back and the Beatles right now. Before uh -huh. before we got on today, I had like 15 minutes and I was listening to Revolver by the Beatles and I was going. <laughs> and in her eyes you see nothing. No sign of love beyond. Why? Because it's like all of my great heroes of songwriting did that they mm -hmm. never stopped learning songs just to like learn another color to put in their palette mm -hmm. 
So Greyhounds have been a really big one. I'm back, of course, on the Beatles and Hendrix. Mm -hmm. There's a Hendrix song that I kind of use to model my Taylor Swift thing. Mm-hmm. That's from his posthumous album called My Friend. Um, uh, the album is uh, Cry of Love. Mm-hmm. And it's my wife's favorite Hendrix album, which makes her infinitely cooler than any woman I've ever met. She's just so hip. <laughs> and like, you know, so I was like, that's your favorite Hendrix album? She's like, yeah, I love that one. Um, but I kind of took this sort of like blues rambling Dylan-esque Hendrix song and mm-hmm. put that production on something else. So yeah. These are things I'm listening to quite a bit. I also really, really love Black Pumas. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, can't really get enough of them right now. Uh-huh. Uh, it's never the things that people think. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know. And like, as you said, Stevie Wonder. My wife got me a really beautiful, for my, my studio, uh, my office is like about a 10-minute walk from our house. We don't have room in the house uh-huh. for a studio. Yeah. So I have a landlord and I have this room that you're looking at right now. Uh-huh. And uh, it's got some things up. But she said, you know, you need some inspiration in there. I said, what do you mean? I came home and she had found a print of Stevie Wonder where somebody had painted a picture of him. Oh, wow. From a print. And now it is like it's right above you. I'm going to send you a picture of like oh, here awesome. we are. And you're going to see... Let's see. Okay, there it is. I see you, I see me, and then you'll see the picture of Stevie above the keyboard and all that other stuff. And it's just beautiful. It's great inspiration for me. Uh-huh. So, I don't know. I could talk about that all day, my friend. Yeah. I have lots of influences, and I'm quick to, to talk about them. New stuff, I'd say Greyhounds, Black Pumas. Fantastic Negrito is another one I really, really okay. love. He is a, a self-made kind of like reinvented himself. He's one of those few, both Black Pumas and him are like, they're not industry creations, but they're still getting Grammy nominations. Uh-huh, yeah. Which makes me really happy. You know, they're not like some executive said, you need to be with this person and this person and this person, and then they mm-hmm. made a band, which a lot of those bands are, yeah. sadly, that way. Mm-hmm. Um, Fantastic Degrito is uh, really beautiful. I heard him first... Uh, on a soundtrack uh, to a TV show I was watching with Ron Perlman. And I, 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 I was like, and he was friends with my late friend Yogi. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this guy is just making his own music and it's incredible. And it's nice to see when things get um, popular without a huge label behind them. Mm-hmm. It's rare. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. It's definitely uh, refreshing to see someone that is a, uh making their own way on purpose, you know. Yeah, yeah, it sure is, my friend. Yeah. It's not always the case. Yeah, and uh, kind of speaking of that kind of stuff, do you have some uh, new recordings that are going to be coming out soon? I mean, you said the, the Taylor, Taylor Swift song, that'll be on uh, Patreon. Patreon, and, yeah. And then maybe a couple other things. But are you planning on releasing uh, or recording anything new? I'm kind of in this wonderful headspace where I can release, you know, I I did in July, I released Covered Uncovered Volume 2, which Mm -hmm. was like a bunch of songs that are kind of reinventing the jug band. Uh And so I, you know, there was Wait, there was that Beatles song, and then Mm -hmm. there was um, 
Uh, I did a Joe Ely song on it, and then I did those two songs. One I wrote with The Resentments, Miles Zuniga, and one I wrote with Gabe. Um, so I did all that. Yeah. And then the EP before was like solo acoustic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really, really, really in the, in the need to to rock out with a band. Uh-huh. And over the summer, you know, I came out of the pandemic and played some band gigs that were just incredible in front of some big audiences, mm-hmm. you know, and I remembered how much I loved it. Mm-hmm. So for right now, I'm I'm just releasing on Patreon only and trying out all this material and seeing what my fans dig and getting feedback uh-huh. from them. Yeah, that's awesome. But I think what you're going to see is in January, I'm going to do a tour of Texas and I'm going to be playing the Saxon and I'm going to play the Lukenbach Blues Festival. I'm going to play Devil's Backbone, do some big band gigs and mm-hmm. really kind of go back in the direction of the Soul Slide album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is uh, a lot of lap steel, a lot of groove, a lot of funk, a lot of rock, uh, soul and stuff like that. So that, that that's the direction. But what I'm going to do and what producer I'm going to use and how I'm going to do it Jack, that's all up to the gods. I have no idea it's right now. It's still undecided. It's yeah. completely undecided, yeah. But mm-hmm. I'm not in any rush, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, but I'm so glad that I get to release the song that we wrote. I'm just really glad that uh, we got to we get to have this, you know, the, the yeah. song that we get to share that. It's a really cool thing. Thanks for letting me write with you and all agreeing to do stuff like this. Yeah. It's I awesome. feel the ex- I feel the same, man. I am lucky to have you as a friend. I count you as a friend, and I'm lucky to have you as a musical cohort. And you're every bit the writer as anybody else I've ever known. And I can't wait to write with you again. And I'm super proud of the single. And uh, you know, I hope we blow up the charts with it. You never <laughs> know. Yeah, that would be awesome. Thank you so much for coming on and talking with me about the song and all the stuff that you're doing. Yeah, it was great talking to you. Thank you to everyone who's listening. Again, this is Jack Barksdale's Roots Revival. This is Jeff Plankenhorn. Yeah, thank you so much for listening.